Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Hey doing, team, uh just before we dive into this episode, I am back doing live gigs. Come on, July 4th, I'm going to be at the Classic Grand in Glasgow. First gig back since all this COVID carry-on began. There is, at this moment in time, 18 tickets left for the gig on July 4th. If you want to be there for the return of Gibble, then go to bigscottgibson.com, go to the live page and get your tickets now. Only 18 tickets left for that return gig on July 4th. I'm going to be back in June as well doing live recordings for the hashtag show. Again, tickets for that are also available on my website. So go to bigscottgibson.com and get those tickets. Um, enjoy this episode coming up. It's a good one, bit ranty. We go off on tangents as always. There is an extra 25 minutes of the podcast only available to Patreons. So if you want to enjoy the full unedited version then become a rascal. Go to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Again, all those links and everything else is available on the website. So go to the website, man. Go to the website. Follow the links. Follow the socials. Become a Patreon. And listen to this full version of the podcast. Like I said, an extra 25 minutes is waiting for you right now. But in the meantime, sit back, unbuckle your belt, and enjoy another episode of the Scott Gibson Show. Stick your tape in. Let's go.
God knows, God knows at this point. But we're back, baby. We're back for another week. Another episode. I am Scott Gibson. Uh, this is the Scott Gibson Show. Who else would I fucking be? I hope you're safe and well. Thank you for uh, coming by. Thank you for joining me again for another ramble and another week. Uh, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. I, I've actually just spent the last five minutes getting a few news articles up, a couple of things we're going to talk about. Um, you know, there's a lot been happening. Um, salt and Pepper Shakers appear to be banned in the high street. We've got the Indians covering themselves in horse shit. Uh, cow shit, I apologise, to try and combat COVID. Oh, this is coming up. Scotland's had the elections. Um, it's fucking kicking off again the Middle East, as it always does. And can I just say at this point, I'm sure... There isn't a single person in the developed West who at some point over the last 20, 40, 48 hours has not seen on their smartphones, tablet devices, real footage of what appears to be happening in the, in, in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip with the old fucking cheeky Israel and the Palestinians. Um, like I said, five minutes I have spent Going through BBC News, can I find an article on Palestine at this current time? Can I fuck? Shouldn't that be um, a clear indication as to what's going on? It's uh, it's fucking carnage, man. It seems as if it's just a constant, a constant situation where everything's about to boil over at any moment in time. It must be. I cannot even begin to imagine what it must be like. To live in that part of the world as a Palestinian, I can't imagine. I've watched a number of, we know on this podcast, for God's sake, we know how much I enjoy my grub. I've watched a number of cooking shows. Uh, one of which being the the late great Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace. And to this day, I I still stand by the the the, the claim that that uh, series, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown which I believe has 12 or maybe 13 series. In fact, let's just fuck it. This is the joy of... This is the joy of technology. We're sitting right in front of the goddamn computer now. Anthony Bourdain. Anthony... We need to sing. Anthony Bourdain. Parts Unknown. CNN, American Travel and Food Show. It had 12 seasons. 104 episodes, 104 episodes in 12 seasons. Fucking hell, man. Just think of that, 104 different destinations. 104 different destinations, different cities across the globe. Almost every corner of this planet covered by that man. All discussed, all talked about. Whether it be politics, whether it be religion, whether it be history, whether it be tradition, everything discussed through the backdrop of food. How powerful is food? How many times have I said that's the power of food? I stand by it, and it may be a, it may be a bold statement, it may be a daft statement, but I stand by it in primary school and even in any parts of secondary. Children should be made to watch this. this these programmes. Anthony Bourdain's part unknown should be part of the curriculum. Forget your your basic mathematics. I mean, all right, you need to learn to fucking read and write. I get it. How to add up. 
Nobody needs long division. Nobody needs it. Right? Nobody needs to know how to do fucking carry the fort. No one needs it. Right? Because technology exists now. Now, obviously, we're going to need people to advance technology further in the future, but that's where the Chinese are for. And even if you want to go into an area of expertise where you need to have a little bit of brains, then you just fucking study at that point. But the whole point of school in the early days should be about developing you as a person. How have we got on to talk about education, Gibbo? I do not know. It should be about developing you as a person. And there is no better way to, to mould young minds than to learn about the fucking rest of the world. How, how different would your life be at this moment if as a, a, a young man or a, or a young woman or a, or a, or a young uh, or a young non non binary or a young nothing you know whatever you are um you know all are welcome if you had the knowledge of you know local dishes if you had a little bit a basic knowledge of traditions in an area um, if you had an understanding of what a different part of the, the world went through, major history, major moments in history within other parts of the world, major conflicts. If you had grown up being a more rounder person, understanding the connection with language, understanding the connection with food, understanding why, for example, they speak Spanish in parts of Latin America, understanding why they speak Portuguese in parts of Latin America, understanding why there are odd fucking little French towns throughout the rest of the fucking planet. Understanding how different dishes translate to different things because they were moved through by generation, through spice trade, through slavery, through whatever. How different would your outlook on the world have been if you had that as your base knowledge? You know, instead of growing up going... Two times two is four, and Hitler and the Nazis were bad men. <laughs> Fuck's I stand by it, man. That should be the basis of education in this country. It should be about taking young people and trying to make them understand the world they live in. Rather than this regimented... Now, come on, John, you're not very clever, so you won't amount to much. How did I get told about this? I don't fucking know. One of the programmes is he goes to uh, Israel, and he goes to Palestine as well. And he's trying to have a, a conversation with um, two gentlemen who are in Israel, Who one of which is uh, he's, he's showing them around the town, and they're giving them the usual propaganda, you know, the... Palestinians live in peace and everything we do is in retaliation and uh, he speaks to another man who is um, he's in his house and he's making food and he, he's trying to he's trying to get him to understand that the area in which he lives currently uh, a new uh, settlement a, a, a new uh, development if you will of beautiful new homes um, very affluent uh, Israelis living in it trying to explain to him that not that long ago uh, a few years ago not only did that um, development, if you like, or that, that settlement, not only did that not exist, that was considered Palestine. 
And he's trying to have a discussion with him to say that uh, it's been pushed back to Anthony Bourdain along the lines of it's better what we've done because we have taken an area which was desert and which was wasteland and we've made it something fantastic and beautiful and lovely and we've got these amazing houses. Not your place to fucking do that. And again, Anthony Bourdain's trying to say him, you know, through the power of food that, you know, it's a way in which you can uh, speak to people if you if you have difficulties or you, or you, you don't understand the, the conflicts between two sides and, and through sitting down and having a meal together and breaking bread and blah, 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 you can understand that you have more in common than you have in difference. And he says to him, do you ever invite your Palestinian neighbours over? Obviously, the answer is no. And you can see that the man looks quite uncomfortable about the questions that's been asked of him. Because the questions are not unreasonable. And it's it's very hard, I think, for anybody in, especially in Scotland, or even the UK or, or the developed world. I mean, America's different, because America's a fucking absolute... America is a bucket of smarties with a fucking bunch of crazy snakes. It's a mental country. And, and the, the, the connections back to Israel is insane, man. I saw I saw an article uh, this morning when I was going through things on on Vice, which to be fair to Vice, Vice seems to be one of the international news outlets that's kind of upped its game in the last couple of months. I wonder if that's because the quality of of journalism has completely fallen off the page. But th there was an article on Vice saying that the the American government has has um, given Israel three point eight billion dollars over the last five years. Why? I I put out a tweet uh, today, uh, and it's it was an old joke that I did years ago when I was doing a, a bit about being at house parties and saying things that are inappropriate, and uh, the tweet was that the the constant because the word that's used in the media is retaliation, and it, it's amazing how certain certain acts of violence, if you like, are spun by using language. So if Israel is to launch rockets into Palestine, as long as they say it's retaliation, then there's nothing really that... I'm just, you know what, again, I'm doing this, and I need to stop doing it, and I apologise. I, I am almost one step ahead of myself in my head because I'm literally just about to say they use the word retaliation so that no international government or, for example, the UN could come after them. They're going to do fuck all anyway. Israel's been doing whatever the fuck they want to the Palestinians for decades now, and nobody's done a fucking thing. So what are you talking about, Gibble? But it's interesting the use of language because the word that they use is retaliation. And the tweet I put out was, uh, it's interesting that you use the word retaliation because re retaliation towards... Uh, from the Israelis is like if you kick your ball into their back garden they retaliate by shooting your dog and setting fire to your garden shed and that's exactly what it is there was a a clip that was going around um, Twitter and Instagram I actually saw it on Instagram and it is um, it is a video from the Israeli side of the of the wall and you can see the mosque in the background, um, which is obviously Palestinians, and there's a, a large fire where I believe there are some trees that are outside the mosque that have been set on fire by Israeli soldiers, and the fire is burning, and it's lighting up the night sky, and there are, it looks like it's a fucking rave that's going on. It looks like some <laughs> the fucking Matrix when they're having the street rave in Zion. That's what it looks like. 
And I don't know if it's just because we have become so numb all this stuff, but you're watching and you're like, what the actual fuck is going on, man? What the fuck is going on? All of this through religion, all of this through claiming of land, all of this through the Israeli people, the Jewish people feeling that they have, you know, no place to be safe after what happened in the Second World War with the Third Reich and the Holocaust. But I, I just I just find it all very ironic that a group of people, whether you, you know, a race of people, if, if I can call them that, can have lived through such horrific injustice themselves in something as the Holocaust and what happened leading up to and after the Second World War, can then conduct himself in such a way towards the Palestinian people. Madness. It generally is madness. And um, I've no idea what you do. I generally have no idea what you do. I don't know if there has to come a point where, you know, the Palestinians just give up and accept their fate and just, just you know, move and just relinquish any any claims that they feel they have to that part of, of the land. Because Israel's never going to stop. And unless someone like... America, or possibly the UK, or maybe even the Russians, unless someone gets involved in the Palestinian side, nothing's going to change, really. But, uh, yeah, interesting that I spent five minutes and couldn't find fuck all on the BBC uh, news website about that, but then again, not very surprising. Um, but the Anthony Bourdain one, when, when he goes over to Palestine and, and he visits um, family in Palestine, it's, um, again, it's, it's, it's not at all what you what you think, you think you're going to be, he's going to be driving into some kind of war zone, and and the further away he gets from the West Bank, the more normal life becomes, yes, it's a very, um, you know, poor existence for a lot of people, it's a very simple existence, but it's an existence nonetheless, um, and again, uh, things like travel, especially after COVID, after the, the kind of year and a half that we've been through, there are, there are places that I am now desperate to get to, and I think possibly in the past, the stuff that maybe put me off travel was the cost. But there are always ways to do things cheap. I always had this idea in my head that it would cost you know tens of thousands of pounds to go places because you have to live you know an extravagant life. And that that may have came from my old understanding of going on holiday when I was working in a call center. Or I was working in a job that I hated. So the idea of a holiday was not a two week break. It was a two week escape. It was escaping for a fortnight from your horrible existence. And the way in which you do that is excess. You eat in excess, you drink to excess, you party to excess, you do everything. Every single day is filled excursions, trips, uh, buying things, you know, going to American Holland and come back with an extra suitcase full of clothes, going to Spain, hiring a speedboat for the day, and, you know, doing all these crazy things because it's just about completely filling those two weeks with as much as you can because you know when you return you're back to a life that you hated now because we've all been stuck in the house and because we've been unable to travel or do anything there are definitely places in the world i want to visit i am desperate to go to japan i would love to go to um the Scandinavian countries, I would love to go to Iceland, there are parts of America and Canada I want to get to, I've never done 
the west coast of America. I've never been to LA. Would love to go out to Los Angeles. I would love to do a gig out there. That's definitely one of the things in the bucket list that I want to try and tick off. I need to get back to Amsterdam. You know, there are places that I want to travel to and I want to experience. And I am always finding excuses to put them off, whether it be because it's too expensive, because in my head I need to think I'm going to live this extravagant two weeks. So no, nothing can stop us now, and, and you need to, you know, you need to get out there and experience it, and live life, and have experiences, and understand that people are not that different. Just like Anthony Bourdain's program. It's like with my missus, I'm sure I've said this before when she, when she told me she lived in China. And I just imagined it was like fucking Good Morning Vietnam, I thought they were all going to be in huts. You know, eating baggy minis at the swimming pool. And then she shows me and it's like fucking, it's like Tron. It's like some, it's like a, an absolute skyscraper, like fucking New York utopia. Not at all what I thought it was going to be. So get out there and travel. I suppose that this opening ramble, which has gone off on all sorts of fucking tangents, never even had any of this written down. Um, get out and travel. That's probably what we're going to have to do once lockdown's over. <laughs> we are. I was going to say we're back, but we're we're moving towards it. Um, I've not been able to get any updates on Sturgeon. Uh, for some reason, we seem to be kind of. Maybe there's one here now. Nicholas Sturgeon had done an update um, today, actually Tuesday the 11th of May. Um, it feels as if we're moving um, out of the, the kind of next steps of lockdown a little bit quicker than maybe what the government initially had thought. Again, a lot of this is um, reaction to Boris's updates, but listen, it's all welcome. If it gets us back quicker, it gets us back quicker. If you can get us back to the point where you can walk down the street and go for a pint without having to book in four weeks in advance, happy fucking days. Although I will say this, I will say this. The complete removal of salt and pepper from tables in restaurants is something that I not only do completely disagree with, but something that I'm not happy about. That's the second place now where I've went in and I've been given a wee fucking shitty sachet of salt, like I'm in Little Chef. And even the day I went, do you have an actual salt shaker? To be told that they can't put it on the table anymore because of COVID. Because they've got to clean it. We were in a place the other day, me and the missus, and the the uh, the waiting staff says you've got to ask them to go to the bathroom. I thought, what the fuck's going on in here? And it's because, I, I think this may have been a bit overkill, they, ha they clean the bathroom after every single use. No. Unless, unless you're in an old man's... Listen, I have been into a toilet where somebody's took a shit in a urinal before, right? No. The smell was unbearable. But I'd done my business and I left as quick as I could. We, we need... What happens to the old days where, you know, Wayne's grown up and they don't fucking play in the mud or they don't eat worms? Is that, is that what's going to happen? Are we going to get to the point where... We're going to be sick all the time. Or we're going to constantly have pandemics. Because because everybody's everybody's like a wee clean freak. Nobody's, nobody's used to having germs anymore. Imagine every time somebody uses a fucking shitter. You've got to get in and clean the bastards. For fuck's sake, I never be out of the place. 
I was a bar in Glasgow years ago. Years and years and years ago. And somebody had... Somebody had basically went down to the toilet... And then just a a, a, a sound it wasn't a scream, but it was a it was a you know a cry for help almost. And an old guy, whether he was a tramp or not, I do not know. But an an elderly gentleman. Now listen, and I, I didn't see the old guy. I don't know the old guy. I just know it was an old guy. No one got to speak to him. And listen, if he done this for a laugh, then this is one of the best practical jokes ever. If he was sitting having a couple of halves. With a few of his mates, and he says, I'm gonna go down there and take a shite in that urinal. What a fucking laugh that is. And I listen, I, I applaud that kind of stuff, right? Nobody's been hurt, nobody's been injured. Is it disgusting? Yes, it's disgusting. But you know what? You'll fucking get over it, right? Because see, sometimes when you tell people stories or you tell them these things, they go, That is absolutely disgusting. It is disgusting, and nobody's disputing that. But I will say this. Everybody who was present in the pub that night will have a story for the rest of their life. And the story will be the night that an old man took a great big stinking shite in a urinal. The story will never leave you. Now, the plot thickens, uh, unlike the shite, because what had happened was... <laughs> he has... <laughs> the toilets... Uh, the pub wasn't a particularly uh, nice pub in Glasgow. You can tell that by most uh, kind of shitty pubs will have the toilet cakes in the urinals. Um, they do it for one or two reasons. One, it means they don't have to clean it as often um, because it has the ammonia in it, which you know helps with the smell of the old man's piss because uh, generally old men are not ext- well hydrated. And the other thing is that the uh, the jakeys and the junkies, they, they piss on the, the uh, cakes um, and then you, you get a buzz off them, you smell them. So it's a urinal, it's got the, the plug at the bottom uh, with a kind of cap over it, right? So that fagged outs and whatnot can't fall down the fucking urinal. Couple of cakes in there. Uh, the old boy has decided uh, drop trowel and he's done a shite in the uh, in the urinal. Now, uh, from what I was told by a first-hand <laughs> witness, an eyewitness to the crime, um, it wasn't quite a Mr. Whippy. It wasn't as dense as that, but it was like a... It was a like a, a a thin hummus. <laughs> if you imagine the consistency of a of a thin hummus, that's what we're talking about. But black like tar, right? So you know that he's maybe got a bit of blood in his stool, or he's got problems down there digestively, and uh, done his business. Uh, never wiped. Confident. Got up and then left, uh, and the people, the the patrons at the time, were greeted with a urinal full of. Uh, stink, stinking pensioner shit. Now, one of the bar ladies, um, I would say in a panic, has come down, uh, to 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 see the horror for herself firsthand. And again, these are there's certain situations where if you're not confident in a crisis, you are not the person who should be taking charge of it. And on this occasion, this this woman was not the was not the person for the job. Because she's panicked, she's panicked, and and she's thought to herself, the first thing I need to do is I need to get rid of this, you know, I need to get this, this needs to go, and instead of just taking, just taking a beat, just taking a breath, just taking a minute, you know, putting it out to committee, saying to people at the bar, ladies and gentlemen, I know JK has done a shite in the urinal, 
Now, it's about the consistency of a thin hummus. Can anybody advise the best way to deal with this matter? You know, we might have got together, we might have said, right, close it off. Uh, we're going to have to use the disabled toilets for now on. Maybe one disabled in the room's like, eh, that's your space. Well, tonight, Barry, it's, fuck, it's opened up to the, to the group. And we, we, we may have, you know, uh, fucking workshopped a few ideas. But that never happened. And in the end, she has, she's done what she thought was the right thing to do. You know, and obviously in hindsight, looking back, it was, I'll go as far to say it was the complete opposite of the right thing to do. It was, it was the wrong thing to do. She, uh, she got a, a, a cloth, a dishcloth from behind the bar and made a, a rudimentary face mask, if you will, very much ahead of her time. If only she'd known. If only she'd known in ten, ten years, the uh, the entire population of the developed West would be walking around with uh, something similar on their faces. If only she'd known. So she's made a, a rudimentary face mask with a, a dish towel, a dishcloth, clean one, right? Again, I would say that's your problem. I think if you're going to make some kind of mask out of a dishcloth uh, that you want to stop the smell getting, I would say you want to dampen that. I would say you want to run it under a tap, get it a bit damp. Sure, that's a better way to absorb the smell. Anyway, she's she's made the face mask with the uh, with the dish towel, and she has descended down the stairs towards the uh, toilet, and in her hand she has uh, you know her weapon, her, her Thor's hammer. She believes, and it's a kettle of boiling water. She approaches the urinal, uh, trap two as well, and again, this is how I think it's, it has to be. A joke because the old boy's done it trap to front and centre. He's not gone to one of the side traps, he's gone right to the centre of your rhino. So there's nowhere for you to go. And he's trapped his hummus jobby. She's approached it, um and like I said, in her haste, she's she thinks she's doing the right thing and she has thrown a kettle of hot water on it. I imagine in her head hoping that it will dissolve the hummus jobby and simply make it flush away. Uh, but it's just made, it's just made into a big, a big shite tea bag. That's all it done. And for what, what, what once was a, what, what, what once was a horrific smell contained to the bathroom, the waft of the the tea jobby has has blasted up the stairs out of the pub, and the whole pub was stinking like shit. <laughs> I will never forget that night as long as I live. I have smelt some smells in my time. But that old man's fucking jobby after she poured that kettle of water on it. Fucking hell, man. That was horrendous. That was absolutely horrendous, man. Forget mustard gas. Forget any kind of torture like that. If you had us, I would have given you up the fucking state secrets after that, man. There's no way you were holding back for that one. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, again, we've, we've gone off on a tangent here. I've got absolutely no idea how we started talking about this. Yes, right. We were looking at uh, Scotland's status and the um, with the whole COVID situation. So, uh, according to the bold sturgeon, uh, people in uh, people will be able to hug and meet in each other's homes from Monday as Scotland's COVID rules are relaxed. Now that will be this coming Monday. Mainland Scotland will move to level two restrictions. Hello, 
although it's very likely uh, Mori will remain in level 3 after a surge in cases. Sort your shit out, Mori. I think, can we all just agree now that we are past the point, right? We're past the point where anybody gives a fuck anymore. So see if there is towns or cities or islands within Scotland that for some reason start to surge again in cases. Can we all just agree, right? Can we just agree now? No, it could be you, it could be me, right? Edinburgh, it could happen to Edinburgh. Can we all just agree now, if the cases surge and they surge to a point where it is likely that you may be placed further into a restriction, that we put a border around that town and we fucking bolt gun every single cunt in it because I am not going back into a lockdown. Fucking Mori. What is it, Mori? F- F- Cod Mori? Aye, hey fuckers. I'm telling you, see if, see if Casey starts surging again. See if Casey starts surging again, there needs to be zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. See if you are over the age of 60, in your house, door locked, shut the fuck up. If you leave, done, bolt gun, done, turn them out of sandbags. Zero tolerance. Wayne's, lock on the Wayne's down. <laughs> I'd love to be a first minister. Uh, today I'm announcing we're moving back into level four. Uh, all six year olds have not to leave the house uh, for nothing, for exercise, for food, nothing. You will perish. Anyone under the age of 18, same for you. If you're caught in the street, you will bolt gun and made into a sandbag. Any questions? <laughs> uh, right, most of the Scottish islands, except Aran, Butte, Cumbria and Skye, will move to level one on the same day. Oh, the fucking bastards. Uh, a traffic light system will be introduced for international travel from Monday. Happy days. The changes will also see pubs come on, pubs and restaurants uh, to sell alcohol indoors, Thank God for that! There's, there's fucking alkies out there freezing their tits off trying to get a couple of pints in. I went for a, a beer on Sunday. I went for a couple of beers. I had five ciders. Good God. Um, I had to take a small mortgage out after getting back into normal Edinburgh prices. Sitting outside. Very very nice, very pleasant weather. you know. But I was, I was completely aware that at any moment, if it rains... We're, we're utterly fucked. Utterly fucked. I mean, don't get me starting the whole indoor-outdoor thing. Even, I went for some breakfast the other day. And I walked to the place, right? Because, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a modern, healthy man. <laughs> walked to the place. Uh, eggs Benedict as well. Is there, a, is there a better breakfast than Eggs Royale? I challenge you. Is there a better breakfast, made right when it's made well, is there a better breakfast on this planet than Eggs Royale? And if you don't know what Eggs Royale is, it's Eggs Benedict with uh, smoked salmon, because I'm a fancy boy. Eggs Benedict, man. Eggs with eggs on eggs. You have two poached eggs, and then you have a sauce made of eggs. Oh, glorious. Anyway, walk to the place, right? So I leave the house, walk there, no mask, obviously because I'm in the street, no mask. I get to the said venue where I'm going to have some breakfast, okay? I'm at the front door. Now before I go in the front door, I have to put a mask on. So I put a mask on. Then I walk in the front door. I shut the front door behind me. I don't move. 
right? I shut the front door and I don't move. And I say to the woman, table for two. And she says, yes, come this way. I then take the mask off. I've not taken a step. I then take the mask off and I fall out of my table. Does it? Does anybody see the madness in this? I feel as if I am going slightly insane. Now, I know that we're at the point where we're still in this strange kind of bubble where you cannot question the science. You can't question the NHS. Every single nurse on this planet at this moment in time is descendant from Mother Teresa herself. I understand that. I can't question it. Yes, some of you might have grandparents in a hospital, lying in their own piss, sitting in their own shit, crying themselves to sleep at night, desperate to be helped, desperate for some kind of pain relief as the nurses sit and have their Domino's pizza. But I understand you can't say anything about that because these people are descended from Mother Teresa herself. I understand that. All I'm saying is, what is it about COVID at this stage that I have to put a mask on to walk through a fucking front door but can then take my mask off as soon as I'm in the cunning place? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'll not say it else. I'll not say it else, but that's all I'm saying. <sighs> Fucking COVID, man. Get it done. Back to the article. The changes which will uh, also allow pubs and restaurants to sell alcohol indoors were confirmed by First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. Go on, hen. She wins an election and she says, tell you what, lads, you can have a fucking pint indoors. Come on! Uh, she also announced that the requirement for social distancing during meetings indoors or in private gardens would be dropped. I actually feel a wee bit emotional saying this, uh, says First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, but from Monday, as long as you stay within permitted limits, you can hug your loved ones once again. The First Minister added that it was vital to be cautious. Uh, so if you <laughs> If any of your loved ones have not had a bath, then they hug them. <laughs> and avoid your creepy uncle because COVID hasn't changed much. <laughs> a more fundamental review uh, of physical distancing will be carried out in the next three weeks, which will look at whether there can be further relaxations in places like pubs and restaurants. Um, what have we got here? Lockdown is being eased a little faster than the Scottish Government originally planned. Allowing social mixing in your own home from Monday was anticipated, but not with the removal of social distancing rules. As the First Minister put it, First Minister, First Minister put it, you can hug your loved ones again, echoing a similar announcement by the Prime Minister relating to England. Scotland is also aligning with the UK government's plans to open up international travel, blah, 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 blah. Mr Sturgeon says there was no changes at this stage to guidance on face coverings, but that their use in schools will be reviewed in the coming weeks. I think that's probably going to be the next thing to go. I think once we get down the levels, I think face masks will be the next thing. The next thing's to go. There you go. So that's that for the old first minister, eh? There you go then. For Monday, you can have people in the house. People in the house. People in the garden. You don't need to stick to the two meters. How many of you are sticking to that anyway? Not many, I fucking imagine. It, it just, it'll just be nice to get back to... I think I think the new it's food and drink. I think that's the biggest thing. I think like because there's not really that much else we can do. I think you're going to be able to go to the cinema from Monday. Um, that might just be England. I might have been confused in that. But it's just it's just very slowly, you know, getting back. 
And I think when you can just turn up, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, and I've said it before, I'm looking forward to being out with the dog on a Sunday. I miss the Sunday brunch. I mean, get me. What a fucking middle-class bastard I've become. I miss getting up. I miss having a coffee. I miss walking, I mean I still walk the dog, but I mean I miss walking the dog, going to like a wee market, going and getting some lunch, having a pint, I miss that in the sense of being able just to do it off a whim and not have to plan things fucking six weeks in advance, nah I'm saying, but anyway good to see, uh, glad we're getting back to normal and um, you know fingers crossed things move a little bit quicker uh, than what they are but you know, in a couple of months' time, we'll all look back and we'll laugh about this. We'll look back and we'll laugh. And I remember that time we all wore face masks, eh? And couldn't go and get a pint inside? Oh, they were crazy days, man. Crazy days. Right, what have we got here? Uh, Andrew McCusker. Andrew, thanks for getting in touch, mate. Andrew has said... That's a long one. DJ Gibble, do you think they're doing three hours of podcast material per week? That's correct. And a quiz for 14 months has exercised your funny bones and enhanced your ability to write and produce new material. Do you think that will reflect in your stand-up when it returns? Basically, do your thing. You're a better writer for it. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks, Sandra, for getting in touch with me. Thanks for the question. Um, there's been a couple of times when I have... <coughs> excuse me. I have been trying to... <clears throat> I've been trying to do some 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 work, and I am realizing that I I've maybe not had a lot of time in the week, and then it's not until I get to the end of the week and I, and I sit and I think, right, I do three podcasts a week. I do this podcast, I do the Sunday service for the for the Patreon podcast, which you can listen to. We're now fifty eight episodes. Uh, of the Patreon only podcast, you can get access to that on patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson or go to bigscottgibson.com for the links. Do that, support the show, man. Support me if you listen to this podcast, support the show. Four pounds a month, you cheap bastards. Pound a week, 50 pence a podcast. Fucking hell, man. And I do the hashtag show, and the hashtag show is usually, to be honest with you, it's usually about two hours. So I'm doing about four hours plus podcasting a week, which might not seem like a lot on a 24 hour day, but trust me, it's a lot. It's a lot to sit and uh, it takes more work to do these podcasts because it's just myself. It's sitting, you know, talking for an hour plus two times a week. Um, but I'll then edit the audio for this. I'll put the clips together. I'll, I'll do the audio for the hashtag show. We make the video for the hashtag show. Um, so it's a lot of work involved, so sometimes when I get to the end of the week and I think I've maybe not done you know as much writing as I should or I've not done as much admin as I should or, or pushing stuff for the gigs and I get a little bit down, I think, well, we're still, you know, we're still putting out a lot of content and I mean, considering if we are, if we are you know, classing the podcast as content, which it is, I, I will have put out, you know, I'll create far more content in the last year and a half than I've, you know, I've done the previous eight and a half years since I started doing stand-up. I am proud of this podcast. I've always wanted to do a solo podcast. It's taken me a number of years to get comfortable talking on my own. Um, I think the podcast has kind of found its feet now. Um, it, it's never going to be a, you know, it's not going to be like the hashtag show. It's not going to be a kind of, you know, I don't want to say a laugh a minute because I, I still think there's some funny moments in these podcasts or some good lines in it, I would hope. 
I think this is more just kind of thoughts and reflective. I suppose I'm starting to think of this podcast as work in progress. It will be ideas that I have, thoughts in my head, that in the past I may have just spoke out loud to myself or thought about to myself, whereas now I'm discussing them and recording them over an hour. Um, has it affected my writing? I would, I would say it has definitely because I, I've never been one to sit down and write. Um, as I have, as I have said before on on previous podcasts, I've I've never sat down and went right. Now I'm going to write jokes. It just doesn't happen. So I think having you know this time throughout the week where I just sit and talk about things and go off in tangents and have wee rants, um, it will definitely help shape you know material in the future. Um, it's just a, it's just a difficult time, you know. It's a difficult time because there's it still feels like there's no gigs to work forward to yet, even though stuff's in the diary. So once I'm back gigging again, I'll I'll kind of notice a difference and um, we'll see how it goes. But I I do enjoy doing them. I do enjoy um, I do enjoy recording the podcast. And I suppose I have to kind of you know we're what seventy odd episodes in, eighty episodes in. I now now that I am comfortable doing it for an hour, now that I know I can sit and I can, you know, record, broadcast, talk myself for an hour, um, twice a week, I need to start shaping the podcast and the show into something that I'm comfortable doing because to be honest with you, I don't enjoy filming them. I don't enjoy doing the f- the filming for the solo podcast. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. It feels it feels false to me. Uh, I feel as though I'm performing that I have to look into the camera rather than just uh, just riffing and just talking so I need to try and think of what, what I want to do with it it doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be a, a format that's been done before, uh, you know for example I only did the videos really because I wanted to try and build content on Facebook but the content on, sorry, content on YouTube but the YouTube content can be something completely different and uh, I've been doing the videos because, you know, other podcasts that I watch can do the videos, but it's something that maybe doesn't feel very comfortable with me or doesn't fit naturally, so maybe the show will take a twist and, and be something a little bit different, I don't know. But I enjoy, I enjoy talking, um, <clears throat> and I hope you enjoy listening, for those of you who do, and I cannot thank you enough for everyone who does. Um, so thank you, Andrew. Do do I think it will reflect in my stand-up when it returns? I hope so, mate. I hope that my stand-up, I hope that I am more, not comfortable on stage, because I've always been comfortable on stage, but I hope I am more comfortable in conversation. I would like the shows to be more, <clears throat> more conversational. Uh, get back to, I want to get back to telling stories again. I want to get back to having conversation again. Again, I am not the type of comic that is set up punchline, set up punchline. That's not me. It's never been my style. So I'm looking forward to getting back and kind of being comfortable in my own performance again and, and seeing how that reflects. It would be nice to take the kind of podcast style, the kind of chatting style and just wrap that up for live performance. So we'll see how it we'll see how it works. But I certainly don't think it's uh, I've handled it. So so thank you. Thank you for your question, mate. Great question. Great question as always. Um, right, do you know what, team? That's us. Let's wrap this one up. Um, I've got a couple of things that I was going to talk about. I've got a question here for Kenny Bridges. Kenny, I'm going to get to that uh, next time, mate. It's about cryptocurrency because I want to talk about it. Because one, I don't really understand it, mate, myself. 
So I'm going to read some few things and try and get my head around it because I don't really understand what is going on with the cryptocurrency because every day I'm seeing some cunts, 25-year-olds are new billionaires and I'm like, how has that happened? Um, we also never got a chance to talk about India. Oh, right, we need to pick that up as well because we don't have time to talk about it. But that's it, team. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Um, please make sure you subscribe however you get the show. It's on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. It's on your smart player. It's on everything. Just search The Scott Gibson Show. Make sure you subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please leave us a wee five-star review. Stick a few comments in. It would help us try and get into the iTunes charts and move up the Apple Podcast charts as well. That would be great. But whatever you do, make sure you like it, subscribe, uh, like the YouTube page. And when you see the post coming out, send me your questions and whatnot. If you'd like to get access to the extra content and you want to support the show, um, and hey, why would you not? Go to the Patreon and become a rascal. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Do it now. £4 a month, 50p a podcast. What is that, man? It's, not, it's less than a pint, less than the cost of a pint, and you can support the show. So do that. Get over to Patreon, become a rascal, and uh, yeah, enjoy the stuff. Enjoy all the goodies that are on there. Right, that's it. Get in touch, those of you um, who are on uh, Patreon. Send me your questions for Sunday and uh, I will pick up another episode then. But until that comes, stay safe, look after yourselves, wash your hands and your arsehole and I'll see you in the battlefield soon. Onwards. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.